This is a mediocre show with no particular niche, baby. It's always about hanging out. Maybe we'll laugh at some stuff. Maybe we'll learn something new. But it's always about hanging out, me and you. Welcome to That Thing with James. I'm your host, James. And this is a podcast about nothing in particular. It's just vibes. It's just a hangout. Whether you're petting a pal or pounding your pud, I will be there watching you, bud. Hey, what's up? How's it going? I actually have something to share today, and it's right here in this little red plastic folder. But before we get into it, I do want to note that if you hear some like background white noise, just deal with it because I've got the windows open and it's finally nice. It has been inordinately hot for so early in the year. Yeah, like there's an airplane. Uh, It's been really fucking hot. And finally, we got a little bit of rain and it's cooled off a bit because of it. And the rain certainly cut the humidity. So I've got the windows open because it feels nice. And because I don't want to keep running up the fucking energy bill just to try to feel slightly less uncomfortable in the heat. Anyway, So there's that. What else? Before we get into what's in that little red folder, uh, let me share some quick news. The usual, if you want to help support the show, help support an independent artiste, and get access to bonus episodes and bonus content in general, consider becoming a Patreon or patron at patreon.com slash that thing with James. I actually just uploaded, uh, I'm trying it out, a uh, special edition of the latest installment of my comedy web series, Minor Tensions. I added in a bunch of deleted scenes and and, and uh, outtakes, that sort of thing, at the end of it. And, and you can get access to that. And the bonus episodes of this podcast, I'm going to be recording a bonus episode right after I record this one, this free episode. Uh, you can get access to all that stuff once again at patreon.com slash that thing with James. The link is written in this episode's description. So too are the uh, the details for my TikTok account, which you can find at TTWJ Productions. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. My handle on both of those is at James J. Asher. You can come shitpost on my subreddit, r slash that thing with James. And hold on, those fucking headphones being creaky. And you can contact me. You can reach out to me at my show email, thatthingwithjames at gmail.com. Uh, tell me how much you love me. Or if you, uh, you know, got an idea for something you'd like me to talk about on this here podcast, or maybe if you've got some work for me, reach out to me. Uh, and once again, do consider supporting the show patreon.com slash that thing with James. Now, on to this mystery red folder. What's inside of it is a document that I received from a cousin a few weeks ago. And this document, well, it's an historical document. 
a family historical document. So let's start this way. I have grandparents, and if you're alive, you have grandparents too. Now, your grandparents may not be alive. In my case, half of my grandparents were dead before I became alive. That would be, you know, my paternal grandparents had both passed at least a decade. Uh, one was like, I think, three or almost four decades. No, actually like four decades before I was born. So paternal grandparents were out of the picture by the time I was born. My maternal grandparents had both passed by the time I was five. They were alive when I was born, but then they, you know, they died by the time I was five. So I didn't really get to know any of them. Uh, certainly not my, my dad's parents because they were dead before I became not, you know, uh, pre-dead. <clears throat> Let me take a sip of water real quick. Wet my whistle. Now we have the klaxon of a police siren and the drone of a plane over overhead. You're getting the full city experience here. If, if you can hear it, we'll see after I edit the audio. Um, but what I was going to say was, uh, so I didn't really get to know my grandparents that well at all. <clears throat> Certainly not my dad's parents. And uh, his, so my dad's dad is my namesake. He was the first James Asher. I'm James Asher the second. And my full name, I believe it's a pretty strong name. And I, I've been thinking this for a long time, but if you did not know me, if you didn't know what I looked like, if you didn't know what I sound, you didn't know anything about me. If you just saw my name, I'm a complete stranger, and you just saw my name typed or written or printed on a piece of paper, you might look at it and think, that must be an old black man. Nope. Nope. That is the name of a quirked up white boy goaded with the sauce, busting it down sexual style. And although I am white, I, 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 I think I've got soul, and I am indeed super bad. So not too far off, just wrong skin tone. Um, hopefully, I, I don't think that's offensive. <laughs> um, so, oh shit, there's a wasp. Hold on. <clears throat> okay, I took care of the wasp, and I always feel so bad killing bugs. It's one thing to crush them. Like, it, it doesn't if affect me as much emotionally if I just, you know, crush a bug. But that's a bit risky when it comes to wasps because, well, they sting. So I sprayed it with some bug killer and I watched as it struggled and choked and twitched and fell over on its back and continued twitching. I watched it suffer and then die. And that's always tough for me, but I fucking did it anyway. Nonetheless, but I'm sure that emotion that I feel watching bugs, uh, you know, twitch and slowly die in agony because you spray them with poison, I'm sure that emotion is nowhere near what my grandpa, my maternal grandpa, 
felt long before he wrote the contents of this little red folder that I have in my hand right now. Because my grandpa, um, my, my mom's dad, was in World War II. He was in the European theater, and he was at Verdun. He was at uh, Battle of the Bulge. All the big major things you hear about in books and movies, well, I mean, except for, say, Normandy, he was there. He, uh, not Nor- With the exception of Normandy, he was around for a bunch of the other shit. He was in France, he was in Germany, and he was in his motherland of Poland. Um, now, my, my grandpa, John, that's who we're talking about here, John was, I believe it's referred to as a first-generation uh, Polish-American, meaning he was just barely born in America. His mom had fled, and I don't know anything about the dad, um, but the mom fled Poland back around, I think, 1913. So like World War I was either just breaking out or had already or had just begun. And she was a Polish woman who spoke only Polish her entire life. And um, <clears throat> she fled Poland, and uh, she had, when she came to America, she had Austrian papers because, well, if you know anything about history, especially European history, you know that borders tend to be fluid, and the borders of Poland are extremely fluid. People are always fighting over that territory. So she was a Polish woman and had lived in Poland, but it had just gotten overtaken by, uh, I guess, what would, that, that, that wouldn't be, I don't know what fucking empire it would be. I was about to say the Ottoman Empire, but that is not correct. Uh, they, uh, she came with Austrian papers, whatever the fucking Empire Republic it was. I can't think of it right now. And came to the U.S. and lived in a little community of Polish immigrants uh, in New England. And uh, then had my grandpa, John. And he was one of, I think it was at least seven children. He was the eldest. The father was not in the picture. I don't know. I have never heard anything about great-grandpa. I don't know if he had died or what, but whatever the case, John was the breadwinner. And because he was the oldest and he, he spoke English and he, he even like went to college and everything, but up through high school and everything he was doing, uh, he was participating and winning all, quite a bit in uh, illegal, well, both legal and illegal uh, boxing um, circuits and getting money for his family, boxing and playing football. And, uh, he actually went to and completed college on a football scholarship and he studied engineering. And so when world war II busted out, he 
and, and that was like through the Great Depression, okay. And then World War II came, and I don't know if he enlisted or was conscripted, but he joined the army and was an engineer there. So he did stuff like going in and building bridges and, you know, whatever infrastructure setting up or taking down bombs and shit like that on bridges. So he would come in after, usually he would come in after these uh, battles were done to try to build whatever the, you know, the military needed at the time. And so he was in Nazi, uh, you know, Nazi overtaken territory. And he saw a lot of horrible things that he never really talked about. Um, so my mom would pick up on stuff here and there. And now that she's, you know, well, well, well into adulthood, she can look back and kind of piece some more things together about a random stuff that he would say or ways he would behave. Like he would not want to go to a funeral if it was an open casket, just because he couldn't corpses were a very difficult thing for him to see for the rest of his life. Let's put it like that. And, um, so sometime later when he was an older man, I'm talking like maybe like around 70 years old, he started exploring the world by himself. He would go to various different countries. He would go to fucking Thailand, China, wherever the fuck else. He, and he also, his first big trip was to Europe. And he went, I believe, we'll find out once I get into this document, but I think he went there in the late 70s, early 80s, maybe. And as I was reading through this, I haven't read through the entire thing, so we're going to get through this together. Um, it occurred to me that he was going on a trip back to Poland because he was compiling a uh, genealogy and he wanted to, like he kind of ran into a dead end, but he also wanted to return to his home country and find like older relatives whom he had never met, that sort of thing. And so his, we'll just say his genealogical research took him to Europe to go back to Poland and there he actually found, like, he would go to old churches to find documents, be they, you know, death or birth documents or marriage or whatever, so that he could continue uh, filling out his family tree. And on these journeys that he took uh, to Asia, Europe, South Pacific, uh, he took notes and actually kept a sort of diary. He would write it and then bring it back to America and uh, type up as much as he felt like typing. And this, the document that my cousin gave me a few weeks ago, is one of the things um, that he wrote. So let's get into it. I'm going to read as far as I can get. I want this to be like a 30-minute episode, but I'm not sure how that's going to work out with the time I took to slaughter a poor old wasp. Uh, 
But I'm going to read through this, and um, wherever this episode ends, uh, we're going to stop reading there, and I'm going to continue reading in the bonus episode, okay? So let me take another drink of water, and then we'll get into the document. Oh, I just remembered what I was going to say. So uh, during World War II, he was in Western and Central sort of border Eastern Europe. And at that time, this was uh, when he was there, he was in Nazi territory because, you know, they had taken over all those uh, areas. And then when he returned for this trip that he wrote about, it was no longer Nazi. It was now part of the USSR, which I found very interesting. The last time, the first time he was there, it was overrun by Nazis. The next time he was there, it was part of the Soviet Republic. Interesting stuff. So let's get into it. Is that the... Okay, I have it right side up. Diary of my trip to Eastern Europe by Grandpa John. April 4th. Wait, let's start over. April 24th, 1978. Monday. I left Colorado Springs at 10.30 a.m. and arrived on time in Denver. We were supposed to leave at noon, but there was some hydraulic trouble which delayed departure for 26 minutes. The plane made up this lost time by traveling at 635 miles per hour. The captain announced that we were flying the southern route. This meant we went over Richmond, Virginia, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, on to Kennedy Airport. It is now 6.40 p.m., and I am writing at the gate 5 at the TWA terminal for departure of flight 800 at 7.30. It has helped that I have taken TWA from Denver to New York, but they changed to another TWA plane. At Denver, I was also given a gate pass for my New York departure, so I did not have any hassle to get that at New York. The passengers for this flight are many. The plane is the largest passenger plane. It is the one with a, quote, humped, unquote, nose, which contains a cocktail lounge for first class, question mark, passengers. This is my fourth time on this type of plane. So maybe this wasn't his first trip around, but uh, this is one of the first he documented. Okay. My other benefit of remaining on the same airline is that at Kennedy Airport, I remained in their terminal. I did not have to take ground transportation to get to another terminal. I also converted a $20 check to Austrian money at the terminal. That cost me 70 cents, 20 shillings, $1.38 American. So I'll have to change that to some smaller denomination for tipping in Vienna. I wasn't listening to the announcement, but I perked up towards the end. I think he was talking about the order of boarding. I don't know what group I should go on. Oh, well. It is 10 p.m. New York time. I have just finished brushing my teeth after a filet mignon dinner. I had a choice of three dinners, that, fried chicken, or baked lasagna. That was a difficult decision, since for lunch I had steak also. 
The movie has not started yet. They will show Goodbye Girl. All I can uh, all can watch this, but to listen to it, one has to pay two dollars fifty cents. I know that this is not any more than at home, but I will not pay that price. <laughs> Dude doesn't want to pay two fifty for <laughs> to be able to listen to the movie. So first thing, okay. So this is nineteen seventy eight. I did not know. But apparently, they were showing movies on airplanes in 1978, uh, which leads me to believe, did they have like a projector set up? Uh, that's the only way I could think they could do that in 78, set up a projector and have a little projector screen in the airplane, which is interesting. Uh, and then for piping in the sound, well, they had headphones by then. You know, you could get pretty small headphones then too. But he was so fucking cheap. And this is a running thing we will encounter in this story. He was so fucking cheap that he didn't want to pay two fifty dollars uh, for the on-air flight. Uh, assuming this is all on the airplane. I think the implication here is that this is on the airplane. Um, and it's funny, this frugality uh, feeds into the sort of uh it's sort of a theme i see or or hear about with uh you know people of a certain generation uh, namely those who survived the great depression um they were a frugal people my maternal grandma also survived the great depression from every story i've, I've heard uh she was very frugal like when it came to groceries, anything, you salvage what you can salvage, repair what you can repair, keep what you can keep, um, and just try to hold on to what you have. Even if you're well off, um, my, my maternal grandparents, they were just like middle class, like right in the middle class. Um, but I mean, middle class is fucking, uh, you know, high living compared to my generation, or if you're around my age, I'm 35, uh, compared to our generation, uh, middle class in the seventies is a lot different than trying to maintain middle class these days in 2023. Um, but even my girlfriend, Emily, uh, her grandma, may she rest in peace, also survived the Great Depression. And from the stories I've heard, it, it's just like my maternal grandparents. Who knows what it was like for my paternal grandparents because they were even fucking older. My namesake, my dad's dad, he was born in the 1800s. I shit you not. He was born in, it was either 1887 or 1897 one of those either way dude was born in the fucking 1800s not my great grandpa my grandpa period um so i don't know what that was about um what, what their frugality thing was like but i'm i think they were pretty frugal too they were they were not even middle class they had a struggle my my dad's mom actually grew up picking cotton. No joke. Um, dirt floors. 
Like even when my dad was a kid, there were a lot of people uh, in the area who, and, and I believe he had to live in a house like this for a while too, the floors inside the house were dirt. It's just the earth, okay? Um, let's get back into it, okay. <laughs> um, the movie is not started yet, Goodbye Girl, 250 to listen to it um i will not pay that price this is a wide-bodied plane there are three seats against one side then four in the middle add two on either side if i can slow down one of the flight attendants i will ask about the capacity <laughs> he wants to stop one of the attendants to say how many people does this thing hold <laughs> He's an engineer, too, so he's frugal, and he's a huge fucking dork, a numbers guy, okay? Um, how, uh, what is the capacity? It appears that this is, a, uh, that it is filled to capacity. After stopping in Paris, uh, the plane continues to Tel Aviv. From appearances, some of the passengers are continuing to the latter destination, Capacity of this plane is 267 in coach fare class and 33 in the first, clear, first class. And that makes for 300 passengers. The crew must be at least 10. It is 3.55 p.m. of the 25th arrival day in Vienna. Now I can relax a bit and relate the happenings as I recall. The first bag off the plane and into the pickup area was my tweed bag. About five minutes later, my duffel bag came. There are free carts that can be used to transport the bags. I used one. Oh, before getting to baggage to the baggage room, I went through passport check. They just looked at the book and passed me on, as the others. Then, with the... Uh, cast cost loaded, I had the choice of two exits, one for declaration of items and one for not. I took the latter and said that I had nothing to declare. I was passed on. While waiting for the luggage to come, I went to the information desk and asked if I could get an inexpensive room for one night loud truck. The girl said that she could, but it would be a room without bath. I replied that I could go without a bath for one night. She phoned, then told me that one was available. I can't recall the total shillings she quoted, but I asked her uh, what it was in dollars. She replied $50. Wow. I told her to forget it. So I went to the railroad for information. At the railroad, Oh my god, this fucking beeping. Maybe I should close the window. Yeah. God damn it. The fucking beeping stopped before I even closed the window. Uh, where were we? Wow. I told her to forget it, so I went on to the railroad uh, information. At the railroad info, I was told that a train leaves tonight at 9.50 p.m. So she wrote up a ticket for me. No, wait a while. After she told me the cost of 487 shillings, $21.38, so I don't know, three, $33.12, 
uh, was the fare for first class. The girl said I would have to change trains at a place called Pierov. Uh, she did not know where that place was, maybe Czech. So uh, uh, not C-H-E-C-K, but C-Z-E-C-H, maybe Czech. So I went to a nearby bank and changed a $20 check. C-H-E-C-K check. Uh, then back to pick up the ticket. There is a post office on the floor that handles packages. For stamps and telegrams, it was necessary to go upstairs. I didn't want to carry my luggage upstairs, so I left the cart in the downstairs post office. I went back upstairs to mail a telegram to Eugenia, I think one of his relatives. Uh, I had the message written on a paper. I asked what the cost would be. I didn't have enough shillings, so back to the bank to convert another $20 check. By then, I misplaced the paper with the message. I searched through my pants and jacket pocket as well as both pocketbooks. Couldn't find it. So back downstairs to get the address book from my carry-on bag. Then back upstairs I went to compose and send the telegram. I wrote in Polish, quote, arriving on 26 at 9.05 a.m., end quote, unquote. So I went back downstairs to purchase 45 cards and airmail stamps. I went to the downstairs PO desk and addressed all the cards. These were cards to... Um, his daughter's German students. That's a handwritten note there. As Not my mom, but one of my aunts. Uh, as I was writing these cards, I was being bugged that maybe I didn't say enough in the telegram. The messages didn't say the means of arrival. Bus, train, plane. So I went back to the upstairs PO and sent another telegram. I said, quote, by train from Vienna, unquote. This was an unnecessary expense, which rattled me. <laughs> so this guy is paying like probably less than a dollar, less than a shilling, I'm sure, which is less than a dollar American to send a postcard to say, hey, I'm getting into uh, Poland or whatever on the 5th or whatever day it was. <laughs> and then he realized he didn't say how, like which station he was arriving at. So he had to send another telegram for probably less than 10 cents American uh, <laughs> to, to specify, oh, I'm going to be coming there by train or whatever it was. And this, he feels, was an unnecessary expense that it didn't just annoy him or irk him a little bit. It rattled him to have to pay... <laughs> The price of a single stamp, he an extra an extra stamp, the price thereof rattled him in his words. Let's get through one more page, and I'm gonna stop here and I'm gonna continue on in this week's bonus episode. So if you want to catch the rest of this story, become a patron today at patreon.com slash that thing with James. Let's finish this one page, okay? Uh, this was an unnecessary expense which rattled me. Uh, 
I returned to the girl that sold me the train ticket and said I was ready for the, quote, minibus, unquote, a VW bus to take me to the railroad station. It is some distance from the airport to the RR station, which is in the heart of downtown. On the way to the RR station, I thought I had better check on my train ticket. I looked through one pocketbook. No ticket. I looked through the other. No ticket. I looked again and again. No ticket. I exclaimed a choice word. I looked through my trouser pockets and my jacket pockets. All that I could find was a receipt for the money that I paid for the train ticket. I asked the young driver if he spoke English. A little, he replied. I explained my worry. He called on his way, uh, he called on his two way radio. I searched again. No ticket. He said the airport office was an annex of the main railroad office and that maybe something could be done to help me. I searched and researched as he was driving down. Then I wondered if I had put it on the inside jacket pocket with my visas. Eureka! I had it. So I'm at the train station with my luggage in a cart writing. Oh, I had to go to the bathroom, but I did not dare leave the luggage unattended. So I just drove the cart into the men's room and kept an eye on it as I went. (laughs) I haven't checked the time difference, so I can't relate as to what time it is back home. First, I lost the telegram message. First, I lost the telegram message I had composed at home. Oh, I found it after I had sent the second telegram. I had put it in my shirt pocket. (laughs) Speaking of shirt pocket, this is the first time I went to the bank uh, window. uh, The first time... The fuck is that? I think we're going to have to close this goddamn window for the bonus episode. And you know what? I think I'm going to close out this episode for now. I didn't even finish this page, but this is funny. I'm going to continue reading on. Once again, patreon.com slash that thing with James if you want to hear the rest of the story. I think for the podcast going forward until this thing is done, I'm just going to be reading through this and and giving my own commentary. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. I, I really hope you stick around for this because it's funny as shit. I love you. I'll catch you next time. And remember all the other details and pertinent information you may want. It's probably written in this episode's description. Love you. See you soon. Bye.